Welcome to episode 454 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 454 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. And he's just, he's what, he's turning his phone off? No, just checking, checking in, making sure everything's oh, okay checking? <laughs> you don't even turn it off, you're just checking in. Checking in on the home front. By checking on the home front? Yep, it's all okay, no, no messages. You, you were a little top bit Top of the morning, morning to your listeners, top of the morning to your palms as well. Oh, how about that cricket team, eh? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in the news because obviously the Cricket World Cup is pretty important for you guys. Jombo. Last week you said you're going to be a little, a little bit late this morning. I forgot about it. And I thought, oh no, he's doing his, his 5K. With his, yeah. What's the guy's name? John. Good old John and John. John John. Double J. Double J. Double J. We're doing the 5K set uh, on the 130s. 447, 100s and 130. Because you did your 300 warm-up? Well, I only did 100. Initially, I thought, we, we discussed it on Friday. I said, oh, I don't know if I can make 130s. I'm not really fit. Okay, we'll do it on 135. Turn up this morning, 100 warm-up, straight into it. And on the 130s? Yeah, spanked it. Did you, did you drop it at all? No, I encouraged him to do the last seven on 125, but uh, he chose not to. Oh, still, that's still pretty good. Solid. How you feeling? I tell it's you what, those, those shoulders are looking pumped. No, it's one of those days where you get in the water and you go, sweet, I'm on today, whereas most days at the pool at the moment. So when you do struggle. 130s, what were you coming in on? Oh, probably 22, 23. I'm a few seconds rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so no, I was swimming well, pleased. Mate. Oh, you should enter the Ocean Series, you'll win it. I know. Yeah. Um, talk is proudly brought to you by? Athlinks.com. Uh, social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Galactic buffer. Trainerroad.com. Trainerroad is that great tool to get, and we've got our group, so get on it. Yep, and of course our patrons. Uh, you guys rock stars, seriously, we love you. Hey John, we love them. Yep, plenty of man love going on around here. Okay, we've got this week we've got some news, we've got age group, we've got statistic, we're doing a bit of a coach's corner, and then questions and answers at the end. Okay, Jombo, well, first of all, before we kind of get into news, Tanya Pora, they're now the sponsors of uh, our other show, Legends of Triathlon. If you haven't got this month's show, we've got Tilburn Simbali on the show, and it's a pretty good interview, isn't it? Oh, it's an outstanding interview. Yeah, it really Even is. if somebody's eating an apple during it. Yeah, were you eating an apple? I wasn't eating anything. Peter Colson sent us an email saying, at this point, someone's eating an apple. It sounds more like some paper crunching or something. It, I can see why he thought apple. Yeah. I can't kind of see there's a bit of... Not quite sure what it was. It definitely no. wasn't me. No. Tulbaum was talking. Yeah. And you were asking questions. So if it's anyone, it's me. Yeah. And I guarantee it wasn't me. So not quite sure what happened there. But uh, the big sponsor of the Legends of Triathlon is Tanya Pura. And Tanya Pura is where Mecca is sorted out or, or living in Asia. And um, they've put this awesome competition out there, haven't they? I mean, this is... Uh, it's a no-brainer team. It's a no-brainer. No basically, brainer. all expenses paid trip. Airfares, everything to go to Tanyapura and they go pay for, for a your camp. flights. Yeah, so it's from anywhere in the world. Ten day, all expenses, paid triathlon, fantasy camp. We'll be trained by the best in the world, Chris Mack and McCormick, plus Jurgen Zach. Get full VIP treatment and experience. What it'd be like to train like a professional with a big support crew and unlimited budget. Uh, there's also some runner-up prizes. Um, you get a wetsuit. You get a wetsuit. Uh, they've got a few other bits and bobs in there as well. And but all you've got to do is just go and, what is it, just register on their Facebook page. Yeah. Give us your email address and your first name and you're entered. Yeah. Now, team, I don't know about you. I think we can't enter. That's the unfortunate thing. 
know. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm not happy about because our names on the on the preferred partners at the bottom there. That means we can't enter the bloody thing. I know. Yeah. I'm not happy about this because it's pretty awesome. You know, the, the camps that they put on Tinyapura are pretty fantastic. But you know, this is a ten day camp. They're going to fly you from anywhere in the world. You got Maka, you got Jurgen, Zach. It'll be just such an amazing experience. And everyone we've known who's actually been to the Tanyapura says it's an amazing facility. Yeah. Um, and you just I mean, the, the link the link that you go to is uh, tanyapura.com slash win or you can go through their Facebook page and they've got a up the top there they've got a free trip try trip and yet they've just got this aerial picture of the facilities there and it just looks awesome oh man it's so so, so just on that front I'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me so right. go to www.imtalk.me guys do this it's a no brainer if there's ever been a no brainer really if you go in the, in the dictionary right now and look up no brainer this is this is Tanya Pro competition is what it is so yeah. get on it team it's a no brainer so okay uh, that's not really news but we're going to have to do it there's not much cricket news this week either but I did wake up this morning to the kind of happy news. Yeah. <laughs> What's happened to the English cricket team? I find it fascinating how some teams are just abysmal. Even though the England players are perfectly capable. Oh, it's totally. like we've got a rugby team in New Zealand at the moment, the Auckland Blues, and they've got loads of All Blacks in there. Yeah. And they're just absolutely hopeless. Turned to custard. And uh, they've been hopeless for ages. They changed the coach and they're still hopeless. And well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't follow cricket hugely. I, admittedly, at this moment in my life, I'm kind of consumed by the World Cup. But... England a couple of years ago. A couple of years pretty, ago, were yeah, unbeatable. Yeah, they yeah. were like the best team in the world. Yeah. They had the Ashes, no one could beat them at the one-day game. Yeah. And now they're just absolute rubbish. And so in the Cricket World Cup, you have these, you have the round robins, and it's basically just a weeding out process. Basically, there's eight great teams in the world who are kind of guaranteed to move through, and then there's these minnow teams, which it's good that they're there, but you don't expect much from them. Mm. And they lost to one of those teams last night. Oh. Damn me, poor old English. Anyway, no check. And I feel sorry for them because the the, the, the media in England are not very friendly, are they? They're going to rip them to pieces. Yeah, so feel sorry for those players. But anyway, that's that's all that's happening in the cricket. We won again. Uh, yeah, we won again. Wow, that's a no-brainer. Although, just for the Australians, we did win your basketball title as well. Yeah, and we're we're second in your football league as well. Yeah, just that. You know, so. I, I'm kind of liking that we can give Australians a few digs right now. I'm sure this is going to hurt us in the future because yeah. <laughs> Australia are pretty good at sport. Okay, guys, uh, Ironman New Zealand happened last weekend. It was the big race of the weekend. And um, Jeepers Creepers Brownie. Cam Brown takes it again and with relative with, with ease, to be honest. Uh, he, let's talk about the day because let's talk about leading into those. Now, it's of the fields he's raced in the past, it it's definitely isn't the hardest field he's ever raced. Um, and, and definitely in regards to, you know, some of the guys had raced recently, so they weren't in peak. But his time... His time's still really competitive. I, I think it was his best time. No. His, uh, I think it was his best time. Right. Yeah, in Taupo. I don't think it's okay. a record because um, Bevan did an 8.20. No, I think Bevan did 8.18. So he's he's in the... In, it's not like he just strolled around the course and did mm-hmm. 8.40 and, and was just you know, having a complete dawdle. Ended up going 8.22. He's definitely run faster than that before. So it, it sort of panned out as predicted coming out of the swim to a degree, you know, I sort of said they'd be between, the race was always going to be between Dylan McNeese, Terenzo and Cam Brown um, in all likelihood and it basically panned out that way in the swim. Dylan McNeese set a new course record, 44 minutes. Terenzo was uh, two and a half minutes down in 47 and Brownie was another three minutes down in 50, minute, uh, 50 minutes flat. And then... Um, Dylan didn't ride very well at all. He only rode a 4.53, and Terenzo was at the, I think, sort of the final turn at Rep Roa, so you got about 45 k's to go. 
ballpark. I think he had about three minutes on Brownie. So yeah. you're kind of thinking Brownie's probably going to catch him on the run anyway. But you're thinking um, it's going to be how but, they're going to get the ball. Yeah, but then uh, Terenzo blew up a bit. and So was it came Terenzo up blowing up? It was a combination. I think it was more Terenzo blowing up and than Brownie picking out the pace. And so they ended up coming off the bike, Terenzo and Brownie together. And you're kind of thinking... Uh, you know Terenzo's in good shape but Brownie doesn't really lose when he comes off the bike together no. so he just waltzed away with it and convincing fashion in 8.22 so it's a solid time on that course really solid yeah far so right, yeah. very impressive Terenzo was second you know, he, second's great but 255 relative to what he can do uh, 255 for his run relative to what he can do in half is absolute crap do you think that for Torrento like he said there he was pretty happy with his run um, he just kind of let Cam because he was saying at some stage they were running like 350s he was pretty comfortable there then Cam started knocking out some 330s and 336s and he just thought bugger us back it off and uh, just go with his own groove he felt he held his run together pretty well so in saying that do you think that in some ways just the race the week before was probably in his legs and, and also in his mind well, you could say that, but he's still he's never put in a good run at Ironman. I don't know how many he's done yet, but he has not done one good run. Mm, and by based, good on, run, based on how he could run. He should be able to run 2.45. Yeah. If not even faster. So, yeah, it just to me it just doesn't seem to be his distance. He's awesome at halves, shown that consistently year after year, but it falls, I don't know, for whatever reason, whether it's mental, whether it's a physical thing, don't know. But he uh, he just doesn't seem to have it. But still, got second. Um, said he's, he's 30 now, and you know it's about time he bloody started doing something at Kona. So I guess that's the intention that he is going to go to Kona. But he's going to have to do another, I would assume, probably going to have to do another Ironman somewhere. Um, especially now that I think the weighting has gone a bit more heavily onto Ironman. He's got no Kona points from last year. So he's going to get some really good 70.3 points, I guess, um, when he starts his sort of half-distance season. And But I would have thought he'd probably have to get another another uh, Ironman under the belt. Mm, so see what happens I think Dylan, Dylan McNeese will be pretty happy with third place. He didn't bike very well at all. Only rode 4.53 but came home with a 2.54. And for him... It's a really solid day at the office for running wise. You know, I think his absolute peak potential would be about sort of two fifty ish. Yep. So two fifty four, solid day. He's banked some really good points. So I think he's well on his way to Kona given that he had a now, good Was race. it a sprint and the finish shoot? Did you actually see that part? Uh, no, they didn't really. Uh, I mean, they had it, all they had really was a, yeah, was a, a camera, cameras, camera yeah. on the finish line. So um, yeah, he, Dylan only just got, got into third late in the run. Like in the last, uh, the last chaos, like apparently. So oh, he, see, I heard it was a sprint in the finish shoot. But well, I, I could be wrong. Forty seconds oh, difference. Been, no, so I don't no, think so. No, Alex Reithmeimer from Australia was uh, coached fourth by old place. Peter Colson. Is he not Peter Colson? Peter Clifford. Okay, nice. And Mike Schriffel from uh, from Switzerland in third place. Um, and yeah. So okay. so. And the other thing I heard on the radio, I heard Brownie being interviewed on Breakfast Show yesterday. Um, sounds like he's going to Kona. He goes, uh, they're sort of saying, where does this sit, you know, in terms of the, the scheme of things in Iron Man and blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah, but, you know, the main, main focus for me this year is Kona. And I'm like, oh, really? Just, you think he's you're not going to be able to do it with a 50 minute swim. He's done. He's just, it's just, it's just not going to happen. Why keep going back? He's achieved so much. He's, he's, I think there's he got Kona, second Kona and third twice in second. Or, or, or he said he said three po, three, three podiums. podiums yeah, yeah. So what's he got to prove to go back? He's like, you're not going to win it. Yeah. Um, if you have a really good day, maybe a top ten. 
wouldn't you to be better off going and winning somewhere else? I'm a man. Take all that money. Mm. Well, John, there's a few, few things to talk about. First of all, um, phenomenal. 11 wins in one race. You know, mm. that, that is phenomenal. That is pretty sensational. 42, nearly 43 in June. So the oldest man to ever win an Ironman race, which is mm-hmm. pretty phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was one of his fastest, if not the fastest he's done in Taupo, one of the fastest he's done in Taupo. So, you know, he it wasn't that, you know, like you could look at the field and say the field's not as strong as maybe what it's been in previous years. Yep. But, you know. It's still... You still got two pretty good athletes you got to beat. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Really it, it wasn't given to him. But the thing is, his time. So even in the other years, if he'd done that time, he's still, you know. So he's actually his quality was just as good as what it's been in the past. Pretty phenomenal effort. It is. And speaking of phenomenal effort, tell you what's phenomenal is this computer is a piece of crap. John, John, John's next time. So he's got this. He's got his old PC out. <laughs> he's gone back to the dark side. I think it's got a virus on it. All these things popping up, bloody games. <laughs> Anyway, I'll struggle on through. Meredith um, Kessler. Meredith Kessler just crushed it. And, crushed it. Uh, it was a case of also Gina racing pretty poorly. You know, it's a two-week turnaround from Wanaka, so yeah. she was obviously feeling it. She only rode 5.16, which is – it was a better day on the bike this year than what it was last year, so that's a pretty poor bike ride. Uh, reasonable swim, 51.25 for Gina, and there were 3.11 runs. So that's an okay run, but 20, uh, 21 minutes behind Meredith. So Meredith had a crushing day, went 9.05, 49-minute swim, which is outstanding. 5.04 on the bike, which is very solid, and 3.07, so really good, balanced race, and... Uh, yeah, she she smoked it. Gina was second, and then it was really distance third, distant third between Melanie Burke was in third place, and then I was mentioning last week that they had the the Kona age group champion from last year, and she went nine fifty. So I think that really shows the difference between age group racing. And Is it? Uh so that was Jocelyn. Uh, Jocelyn McCauley. Now, I don't think she had the, the greatest race by the look of it, but still, you know, she was the fastest age grouper in Kona and she's um, a fair whack off the Now, do you know how rides. much Meredith broke the course record by? Uh, I don't think she went much quicker than last year if she did do a course record. Yeah, she did do a course record. Okay, yeah. I don't think she went much quicker than last year. Okay, so it was a bit of a non-event that race really, wasn't it? It was. So I've just got the female pros in front of me. Only eight athletes actually raced and only seven finished. So only seven female pros Actually, go to the race. Not much, eh? What all you people about 50 women for Kona think now? Oh, there you go. You can, you can say that if you want. You can, you can go down that path if you want. Um, so overall, uh, what about the day? So tell us about the day. Weather-wise, it was pretty miserable. The, 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 the initial forecast of the weather was absolutely atrocious. Yeah. And then it, it turned a bit bad later on like they certainly got a bit of rain but it wasn't too bad but I think the main thing that the feedback I've had from people that some few people that I know that did it is uh, they had a pretty stiff headwind in the third quarter but that was quite advantageous because then you get blown home in the last quarter so the, the times for the age group as I looked at our age group 35 to 39 were much quicker than last year and I think that's larger you get blown home you get blown the last quarter of the ride you've got a fairly decent uphill so it's a bit painful going up there when you know last year we had a headwind you're crawling up there you're in that stage where you're really suffering and uh, at the end of the bike ride this year they were getting blown up there by a pretty stiff wind and then you've got a downhill finish so you can come off the bike feeling pretty feeling pretty good so um, well done to all the people who qualify from Kona I saw a lot of Craig Kirkwood smoked it out there what Uh, is age group his age group and got Matt, Matt, overall. Matt Merrick got third and 35 to 39 after last year was the eight, the, the, the age group of death and uh, off to Kona and um, 
yeah, a whole bunch of other people smoked it as well. So Bevan McKinnon, who was who was uh, does another podcast as well, and had him on the show before, rode four forty three. Yeah, but then did like a ten and a half. <laughs> <Yeah. blue. laughs> Spent a bit of time on the run course because he won the he but, won the age group category last year, didn't he? He didn't win overall. He, he was fastest age group overall. Yeah, but I, I read his report and he said, look, he was taking a risk. He thought mm. buggers will take a risk, and you know, guy of his experience and kind of stature and kind of, you know, sometimes you do that, don't you? Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, you've got to be into, yeah, sometimes it's just not a case of going around and, and winning and seeing what you do. You want to go out there and go to breaking point. Yep, there you go. So there we go. Uh, I'm in New Zealand. Well done to all the listeners who did the show. I mean, did the show. Well, did the race. Mm-hmm. You can do the show as well sometime if you want. Hey, I, oh, I'll, I'll read this one out because we had an email in from uh, Arno Sulikov um, and he was over in... Challenge Brian. Not Bahrain in Dubai last week, and oh. we had Tim Heming on last week uh, talking about the race from from a media perspective, and the controversy bloody just keeps on dragging on about whether people should be DQ'd or not. Um, and I think have they said anything about what's going to happen with the million dollar prize purse? No, nothing. Nothing's it's been said about that. So it's kind of just festering on, and a lot of the pros are sort of putting their opinions out there on what what should happen. But the longer they the longer they they wait to make a decision, the bigger the problem becomes, mm. doesn't it? I tried to have a little look in the rule books, the rule book about. Uh, about I couldn't find any actual particular ruling when I scanned through like I think it might have been the try and Z ruling on if you leave the I couldn't, I couldn't see any wording if you leave the course what's what's supposed yeah. to happen I would have thought it would have said if you leave the course you get DQ but I couldn't actually find that so wording. it wasn't actually there as far as you no you're kind but that of was two a quick look. scan yeah. but anyway he was over there and he said uh, no idea if any interest for you but I was in Dubai my wife was racing and here are my thoughts about the race and um, the first cha- first challenge put on a fantastic layout in quite a short time because um, we've got to remember this race was only announced at Bahrain last year which was in December so there have only been you know, a few months turnaround. Few people were com- very few people were complaining about the lack of info about the course on the website prior to the race, but I learned that the promenade where the course was taking place had been completed just two weeks before the race could happen. Oh, wow. I don't know if you watched the coverage, Bevan, but they basically had, it was like a boardwalk, and it almost had like the, a synthetic running track next to it. And they weren't actually running on that, but it did look, that run course looked pretty damn cool wow. where they were running. Um, the race pack for participants was absolutely amazing amazing with high quality backpack a nice polo and cap not the kind of crap you never wear but something just nice uh, also a race belt folding water bottle and registration was clear and easy and efficient two days before the race the swim course was open and every morning from seven to nine there was a free breakfast for all, all participants family and the odd guy passing by coffee donut croissant cake, juice, tea and more very very nice uh, touch they had there the days before the weather was absolutely fine with light winds mid 20s temperature many had been taken by surprise on the race day as it was very very windy and he's uh, Arno's been to a lot of races around the world, he's been to Kona and he said meaning Lanzarote wind or very much like Harvey style I was personally thinking that the swim was going to be cancelled WTC would have done so no doubt, instead they changed the course on race morning and a big boat was Positioned at the entry of the small lagoon to cut off the waves. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> got a spare boat. Just yeah. chuck it out there. That's how we roll. Uh, swim was rough, and to be honest, it was a real challenge. The pros were washed all over the place thanks to the waves, current, and wind. It really could have been ugly, but I think safety was okay, and the weaker swimmers called it a day generally after about 50 metres of swimming. Um, there was a fair bit of spectator around the start area, but not much on the bike course, maybe because it was freaking cold and windy and not much encouraging to get your nose out. 
um, having been on the course once in land, it was insanely windy. I was not at the place where the incident happened, but I could really think that some sign must have been blown away. Many were. The run on the boardwalk along the beach, it was great, very safe with plenty of volunteers and aid stations, full of happy people watching the race. Do not forget that it was the first event of its kind there and was all new to them. I heard your interview and there wasn't much local that there wasn't much locals on the course. Well, Emirati people are only three hundred thousand and five million people in the country and they are most preoccupied by which kind of leather trim they'll put on their next Ferrari. <laughs> uh, Middle East government are well aware of the huge problem linked to diabetes and obesity and the whole idea behind the massive investment in triathlon is that they believe that many, um, not many other sport besides ours can promote a healthy lifestyle. I do, I do believe them. But some more, um, some more info on banners or flyers would have been great as most people taking a walk were there just not, were not aware of the race. Or what would have even been better, I would cite the race hotel not offering a shuttle to the race start and having results not published immediately after the race. Most of us had to wait the prize giving to have any idea of the placings. Uh, about the incident of the DQ, I think they didn't manage it properly either. They should have DQ'd the ones that cut the course or at least the possibility of first and second to complete compete the million dollars in the next two years. Well, that's just my thought. So that's from Arnold. So I think it's really important that... Um, they did look like they did a really great job. We're not just sucking up to challenge, but I saw similar things written about Bahrain. Is the, you know, their focus is on the age group experience, and it sounds like they're doing a pretty good job of that in terms of having great buffets, great race packs. I saw when, the, when people were finishing, they were like getting puffer jackets and stuff given to them. So you know, they did one big cock up, and I really think it was a cock up that they didn't DQ those guys. But outside of that, it seems like they're doing a pretty good job. It is. If we look at the contrast of of the approach to challenge and to WTC, it is really interesting. Like um, how we're a bit kinder to challenges as an overall. Like I know people have been quite critical of this the DQ thing, mm. but people also seem to have you know to give challenge a bit more of a kind of you know it's first race and all the rest of it. If yeah, I wonder what we would have been saying if this had been a WTC race. Yeah, because we people are a lot harder on WTC, mm. and, and you know. Is that fair? I'm not sure. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But it is um, It is interesting when WTC put one st- half a step wrong, yeah. the world jumps on top of them, don't they? You know, and maybe it's just the world we're in. Maybe most people outside of this kind of, you know, us hardcore triathletes mm. don't care so much about this kind of the, the stuff we talk about weekly on the show when we are critical of WTC. Um, but if Challenge put a foot wrong, you know, we seem to be like, oh, you know, they're in, they come from the right place. Yeah. You know, it is interesting. Yeah. And maybe that is because they come from the right place. We are more forgiving or maybe it's because they're the underdog. We're more forgiving. But, you know. They did cock up in this, in this race in, in mm. regards to that. Um, and I don't know if they've handled it correctly yet. I think there needs to be some announcements coming about what's going to happen with the million dollar thing. You know, mm. I do think that's important. Um, overall, uh, you know, I, I think Challenge do a great job, but it is something that needs to be addressed. <laughs> um, but in saying that, at the same time, it does seem like if they can keep this event on the calendar, it will be a pretty cool event to kind of maintain and move towards. So. Yeah. And I think that's what we've got to remember as well the intent for from Prince. The sheik or whatever yeah. his name is, you know, is, is to try to make an improvement in the should lifestyle. Should I get up to five over there? Yeah, you should. There you go. <laughs> go over and make my millions. Yeah. Uh, on, on other challenge news, they've announced another iron distance race in Challenge Challenge Regensburg, and it's apparently one of the most beautiful cities in Germany, and will hold the it's race. It's a full in, distance race, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of because if Challenge Regensburg is a half. 
Well, no, there the used to be, uh, up until 2012, there used to be a full iron distance race there. Oh, is that what it but was? But they only had it for there for a few years, and then they canned it for whatever it's reason. It's recorded the name. And, um, yeah, so another full challenge distance race for Germany. Oh, look at the – I'm just looking at the scorecard from last night's cricket game. They didn't even put up a fight. <laughs> That's how interested you are in the show. <laughs> oh, no, I just, I just thought, well, what happened? Because when I went to bed, they, they, they were like, I think, 30 overs – they're kind of halfway through the score and they lost two wickets, I think. And so I thought they're falling a little bit behind on run rate, but I thought, well, they're going to come through, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, they've got plenty of wickets in hand. Crumbled, you pomps. Okay, uh, John's ITU update. Yes, it was a big weekend in Abu Dhabi. Uh, first round of the series this year, it was a sprint distance, and it looked like a pretty damn funky course. Man, they've got to go to sprints. I'm telling you, Olympic distance is dead to me. Oh, sprint really? distance, so, you can sit there, it was a flat course. So this was sprint distance? This is sprint distance, you watch it for an hour, you're going, this is, there's some good action going on here, um, there was a, you know, the bike so, ride was breaking up a bit, had that been Olympic distance, it would have been boring as shit. How many um, sprint distances are there on the calendar then? Uh, there might be two this year, Lausanne's usually a sprint. So there's how many races? Uh, eight? Eight or nine. And two like of them that. will be sprint? Mm. So what, what's that? Which one? The one they did where it was up the hill. Which yeah, one? They don't do that anymore. They oh. only did that once, which is a real shame. Yeah, although I have to admit, it wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's just because the brownies are so bloody crushing. Yeah, if you take true. them out of the equation, yeah. it would have been really exciting. Yeah, it was a bit like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but this. Although, what happened to Brownlee this time? Well, Alistair didn't race. He got injured. Yeah, Jonathan the race, got fifth. And Jonathan just uh, didn't have his A game there. I've got to talk about the girls a little bit because Gwen Jorgensen. Ran fifteen fifty seven. Wow! That uh, uh, you know, we talk about running an Ironman, and Gwen Jorgensen is exactly the same, if not even better. Like she's a minute down coming off the bike, and she just ran past these people, these other top runners, and these girls can can actually run now. And well, like she she, she put just, a minute on them in the run, just like they're standing still. A and minute five, and five k. Five k. It is insane. Give give people like some. A lot of our listeners won't understand kind of how impressive that is so, so maybe we'll give some context around that for speed well it's a little bit over three minute case it's a little bit over three minute case so you're running at I guess what three three twelves um, yeah. so it, it it's it's not world class running you know the top girls in the world I don't actually know what the top girls run 5k I'll find in I'll find but uh, I think they go close to 15 flat if not a little bit under but it's just she just looks like a dream and it's just this big tall lanky girl tell you one thing nothing i wouldn't want to go on a bunch ride with her she's i mean there's nothing personal but she is abysmal on the bike oh she <laughs> and, and you know she gets dropped all the time and the, to that this time she didn't get dropped well she, she ended up being in the split that was in the back part of it so she did have to make up some time but she's only been at the sport a couple of couple of years so you've got to cut her a bit of a break a bit like chrissy wellington she was an absolute axe on the bike but not the the safest rider from all accounts but gwen jorgensen she can she can just hang in there in the swim um and she tries to hang in there on the bike but just a weapon on the run it's it's almost it's basically just about unbeatable you know how no matter how much if she'd needed another 30 seconds there she probably would have been able to run even harder and yeah, you just, it's a bit like Rennie. You, you, you and Coney go, right, we're going to have to have 20 minutes on her off the bike. Although this and year of Reef. still do okay. With this year of Reef, it's a different story, isn't it? Well, you'd, you'd think so. 
But, I think um, this year's Kona is going to be fascinating. The female, although it was fascinating last year. Last year was such a great race. Females race right now. So you know, then we've got bloody um, Joycey in that. But oh, it's going to be really. So just looking at the total world records, there's obviously elite elite runners. The world record for the female 5k is 4:11. 14. Oh, 14, sorry. 4.11. No, it's 4.11. So, But but generally speaking, like the Olympic record is 14.40. Right. You know, yeah. so, you know, they're going to run somewhere between that kind of high to mid 14 yeah. minutes, you know. So she's, she's not, you'd still put her as an international class runner. Yeah. Not like an Olympic, no. Olympic, no, Olympian or anything like that. But, but you can remember, she did a swim and a bike. She is absolutely smoking it. So very impressive. She won from Katie Zavaris and Flora Duffy. And I think the main thing you want to note here as well is you had five girls from the States in the top ten, which is pretty impressive. And then on the guys' side of things. What about Andrew Hurt? Would she be happy uh, She was fifth. It was, it was a solid race for her. She was, she got, she was, again, she was in the, the, the split and in the bad part of the split. So she was down coming off the bike. Tell you what, How much longer has she got to go? Uh, depends if she wants to start popping out babies, but Andrea must be, she's early, th- early yeah. to mid thirties now. Yeah. I'd say she must be about 32, 33. Yeah. Um, 82, oh, she was born, so she must be 32, up, 33. You do the boys' results. I've got viruses all over this computer, I think. <laughs> what kind of computer is it? <laughs> well, the re- what's the reason I've got this computer is bloody Mac blew up. Yeah, but it's full of, it's a PC. Okay, uh, Mola took Mary it out. Marion Mola, again, equally, Absolutely just crushed it. 14.03 on the run. 14.03. And wow. I've got to think that this, the distances here were legit because they literally had a dead turn in the middle of a road. So if they didn't get the distances right, they need an absolute bullet yep. because it was, yeah. Yeah, it, was, yep. it was a very straightforward course to get right. But the way they did one shot when he broke away, there was uh, they came all came off the bike together. But the one shot where he put a big surge on, he was fierce sprinting. Really? And you're just going, yep, I think he is running that fast. They went out first K and the commentator said 244 for the first K. So wow. those boys, you know, I mean, when I think of us Kiwis and I think we've got no shot. I mean, we've hardly got any guys that can run that fast in athletics, let alone triathlons. So... Yeah, a very, Do we, very we no Kiwi males racing? No, well, I think a lot of them will be getting ready for uh, Auckland, which is in the next week or two. Must be, oh man, that's impressive. So then we had uh, Lewis Vincent come in second, and uh, third Richard Murray was Richard third, Murray. wasn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, was, he was the one who spanked out the first K Did and he? then faded a little bit. Still, correct. So Brownlee only got fifth. He came in a time, he's about. About thirty seconds down. So okay, it is. Good. I didn't watch this race, Jombo, but I, it was I probably good should have. Racing. When, when, when was when was it on? It was on Saturday. I'm going to try and make an effort to watch Auckland race, but um, it does seem like this is a lot more interesting. So, in the girls' side of things, you had five Americans in the top ten. The guys' side of things, I think they had five Spaniards in the top ten. So, real powerhouses there. The Spanish at the moment. Javier Gomez only got six. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, next up on the little piece of sheet of paper I've got here in front of me is a new event in New Zealand. Now, Jombo sent me an email. Are we going to do it? I don't know. So, there's an event. This is just an event that we actually kind of. It's, it was getting a lot of PR in New Zealand. It's called the Pioneer. And it's a seven day event that rides. It's a mountain bike ride. It's, it's basically mimicked off the Cape Epic, which is a massively popular uh, mountain bike. It's like the Tour de France of mountain biking almost okay. down in South Africa where you do a similar week-long th- event with uh, crazy-ass, just really long days. And it's teams of two, so you, you your time is based off your second person. So, so you ride, what, about just under 600 Ks over seven days, but in 
crazy terrain. Yeah. And, but I don't uh, think it's that technical, is it? It won't be well, that. I don't know, but jeepers, creepers. Uh, the, the distances are not that great, and I've done close to zero mountain biking in my career. Yeah. But some of the stages, man, there is a sensational amount of climbing. So 100Ks is going to take an awful long time on And beautiful, but it'll be a beautiful yeah, ride. It starts in Christchurch, goes down to Queenstown. It's called The Pioneer, thepioneer.co.nz. Uh, looks pretty cool. If you are looking for a kind of a different kind of adventure, you should maybe check it out. Uh, Jombo's mentioned that maybe we should do it. Because you're, you're, you've got to do it in teams. You do? You, yeah, it's got to be two, person. yeah, two-person yeah. team. You just, I think I'd be a dead weight here. Uh, I wouldn't be looking to race race it. I'd be looking just to get it done, ride it, and enjoy it, and do something a bit I different. Have to get a, I have to buy a mountain bike. So would I. Sure it's we, not I'm cheap sure, to enter sure, either. So, I'm sure have you seen the entry fees? I have. Yeah, I'm sure you're, you're trying you're to skim some angle on that. <laughs> you're, you're paying the entry fee. <laughs> it's like two thousand a head. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. What else we got here? We've got a hot topic of the week. Okay. So last week's discussion. What do you want to do a sponsor now? Do a sponsor now, right? Okay. Extreme endurance. Okay. Hold sponsor. on. Sponsor. So, did you know, Bevan, did you know... Wait a second, the Pompers lost to cricket? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and they should be on extreme endurance. They, they should. Because then they would have recovered better between... They wouldn't have crumbled against Bloody... Who were they playing? Bangladesh. Bangladesh. But some teams that are onto it, and they're doing quite well, the US men's soccer team, the US women's soccer team, uh, Leslie Rose, oh, really? 800-metre runner, two-time NCAA champion, Georgina Mullen, who's uh, a hurdler, 2012 Olympians... Uh, started using extreme endurance one month ago and almost set a new American record in the indoor 500. And then they've got their CrossFit dudes, Camille LeBlanc, Bézinet and Josh Bridges have been both been using it for the last three plus years. Had my little running group turn up last night. All the boys were going, yep, had to be, I was handing out a little bit of extreme endurance, nice, uh, yeah, yeah. heading off to Auckland ITU race. First Paul, test is free. Porno, yeah, <laughs> Porno was there as well, second week in a row. Yeah. And he was commenting that he wished he was on extreme endurance the moment because uh, he's still suffering from the previous well, week. Porno's going to sign up for Boston. Yes. That's his goal. It's because he, he did Queenstown and he got into qualification time and he mm-hmm. thought, you know, it's not often in his life he gets to be able to do a good marathon just because of life commitments. And he thought, well, he's going to jump on board. So he's going to sign up. Albert, if you're in Boston, you can meet up with Porno. There you go. There we go. So, so if you want to save yourself uh, some misery and pain out there, when you, especially when you're doing running, if you've got any, you know, if you, especially any, running, because running kills your legs, doesn't it? Yeah, if anybody, Boston will be coming up, must be in April normally, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So if anybody's got any Boston Marathon, London Marathon, any of those marathons coming up, you can get really good benefit from the extreme endurance within a couple of days. So just get on it, give it a, give it a crack and save yourself s- some serious pain. Check it out, xendurance.com. And remember our promo code, what is it, Talk 10 and that's through to the start of April. Gets you 10% off all your orders and that can be used on the .com, .eu, .uk, all the websites. So check it out. Very good. Okay, extreme endurance, guys. Just um, uh, sorry, I'm just watching the finish of the cricket. Oh, <laughs> Have you got the app? I am um, what cricket info. Yeah, no. no, the cricket app for the World Cup. No, it's the best sporting app I've ever seen. Really, it's brilliant. Yeah. Like seriously, it's, it's if you're into the cricket, which I'm sure people aren't are sick of me talking about it, but if you're into the cricket, make sure you. Get, it's absolutely brilliant. They have video coverage. It's very very good. Anyway. Last week's discussion, John. Last week we had a discussion, and, and we have to talk about. Uh, did you see the email that um, Dawson sent through to us? Yeah, the fifty for fifty. It's it's yeah. WC. Just do it. You're just making yourself look like fools now. Yeah, you don't agree, do you? 
Oh, it doesn't matter if I agree. I, I agree. I agree that they're making themselves look like fools. And if I was in their shoes, I'd go, oh, screw this. Let's just do it. Yeah, I agree. So the, my, my, I guess my, this, this question was not. This, it's a different it question. not around price, about what you were talking about. But my issue is not so much on um, you know, the equality. Oh, how am I going to word this right? Um, yeah, here we go. How do you not look like a sexist no, pig? No, no, it's more that women have to get a lot more points to get there. So they've got to race differently in terms of they seem to need to race more often. They've got to accumulate more points than what the guys. I mean, the fields, as you saw, I mean, New Zealand, there was less pro-women than there was pro-men. We know in Kona that the women's field is com- as competitive as the guys. My main beef with the, the whole why, why there's only 35 versus 50 is the women have to race differently to the guys in terms of how many races they need to do, how many points they need to accumulate. So, Okay, John, we just have to pause here because while you were talking, I was checking... Some of our emails. Not that I wasn't listening to you. Yeah, you've got your cricket app. <laughs> no, no. There, actually, yeah. what I was doing is we got an email on our Facebook pages in this week's discussion, and we got an email from Pro, a very top female pro, uh, telling us of an incident that happened last year, which maybe you guys may know a lot about, which you may not. I may I not. certainly didn't. No, I certainly didn't either. And so, what this email is basically saying is that in August last year, or, or maybe early August last year. Um, WTC contacted seems to be the Boulder Pros mm. which is kind of odd that, that, that they get to make this decision and they kind of said to them look we are willing to take the slots up to around 45 was it I mm-hmm. think it was and then so this is for 2014 this is 8 weeks before 8 the race. weeks before the race so 8 weeks before the race we're willing to do this uh, in doing this um, we want you guys to then commit to doing a, a free day's work of coming and promoting um, the sport to females and, and mm in some way that they see fit um, and they would the idea was that they'd get um, the people who came along would get on board with that but also the pros who already qualified would also ask to be asked to be able to give it a free day of their time to the, promote the sport mm. for WTC for free for their time um, and doing that they then went to put the people who are in Boulder said well maybe we need to open this discussion up to the bigger audience. And so they created a forum where all the pros went on. And at the time, they put a vote out there. And I think there's something of uh, 24 out of the 31 people. Had, no, the WC needed basically a 75% approval for it to go through of the people who they allowed to vote. And again, it seems as though they didn't allow all pros to vote. This was the woman who had qualified already. This woman had qualified, the one who sent us this. No, but the, the vote was oh, for people okay, who had okay, already great. qualified. Um, and they, it, it came back that no, not many people actually wanted to do this. Uh, and the argument that this person who sent us through this email said was that actually we like the idea that next year, moving forward to 2015, this should be something that we should be doing. But to do this eight weeks out from a race is unfair. Because um, you've already gone and had to do three Ironmans or whatever to qualify. Yeah, and you've committed that time and, and energy the and all the rest who, of it. who haven't, then just get a free ticket in when they may not have even been trying Yeah, to. so it wasn't that they didn't like the idea. They just didn't like the idea the way it was being put together. Now, the thing about this was they WTC pretty much gave them 24 hours to make this decision. So they kind of chucked it out there and said, look, you need to you need to do this vote kind of tomorrow kind of thing. Um and uh, and this pro kind of went on to kind of make some important points, saying how uh, she doesn't feel that she should have to give up a day of her time, just you know to you know like they're getting free if, PR. If you were getting paid good money, yeah, it's entitlement. But most of these pros are, that that are say ranked fifteen through thirty, are scraping by. Well, and, and this pro isn't even a bad pro, if you yeah. know what I mean. This pro is a good pro, and one Ironman races, and they're saying in this email here that. 
uh, that you know their wins. That it's really just covering their costs, mm. and when they look at their their performances in their sport, and uh, you know to have to give up your time to just promote. A business. This is what you call a public relations balls up. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but the interesting thing is they haven't gone ahead with it this year. No. You know, like so as this email was saying, is that it, it seems as though that most of the people were anti the idea at that moment. Hmm. So if we go eight weeks out before an Ironman to then change the bar or the rules to move to the goalposts and say, oh, no, actually, let's do this. And hmm. so WTC can get some good PR out of it. Um, so it seems as though... Well, what's happened is WTC has seen that this is becoming a messy thing. Mm. That last year they looked for a quick solution, um, and 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 doing that, trying to win the PR of the people who are doing it. So they're trying to get you know, hey, we'll we'll give you something, but you've got to give us a lot back. And doing that to make us look good, and actually the pros rejected that because of the way it was handled and the timing it was done. But it did seem that they were communicating that this is something we want to move forward, but it hasn't happened. Mm. So it'd be really interesting to see what's happening behind the scenes because this is a PR nightmare for WTC oh, like yeah. we got an email from Dawson yesterday and, and it was very much saying and I, we got it a bit late because I'm keen on supporting getting the 50 to 50 fair 50 um, yeah, but the, the real point you know it's that it was woman, well, it's Women's Day yesterday I think it yeah, was yeah, yeah. and uh, and so the triathlon boards really jumped on this kind of saying how you know this you know, 50 50 it's fair mm. and it's uh, yeah it, it's becoming like how long do they have to look stupid for are oh, they going to keep looking stupid for a while? Again, yeah. they can't. Oh, can they change it now for this year? We're, we're well into the season now already, so yeah. But is it? But it's probably early enough still. Yeah, but a lot of people made their plans. Yeah, true. You know? True. You are moving the goalposts for somebody who's done, say, Western Australia or Wisconsin or yeah, Ironman New Zealand. You know, you're starting to get into the season. And but, the, but they at least have to announce something. Hmm. You know, they, they they have to go. You know what? Okay, this is this is fear. We need to move towards this. And from this year forward, you know, once Kona happens this year, it mm. changes. So then they get the monkey off the back. But mm. right now, mm. it's just a PR disaster. So this was nothing to do with with our question last week. Our question last week was, was from Bruce Tomlinson showing... He, just, he, just before we move on, what would you do? Sorry? Uh, I'd just do 50. Yeah, just make it happen. Yeah. It's just it's, it's, it's a second definition of no-brainer in the yeah. dictionary we've got. Entertain your poorer and make it even. Like irrespective of if I agree with it or not, at this stage I'd go, I think it's, it's just, uh, let's just do it. Yeah. But again, I might not say, I, I, I'd probably say next year onwards. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily it. include it for this year. Um, I'd say, right, okay, I've made a decision from here on in, 50, 50 slots. Mm. Just so the discussion again was from Bruce Tomlinson, and it's got showing the participation difference between men and women in Ironman, which is 80% men and 20% women. He was wondering if the split between men uh, 65 and women 35 at Kona is fair based on a true split of the sport. Let us know your thoughts. Now, he did say, I'm not being a sexist pig, and I think it's important that when... Uh, we should be allowed to put these questions oh, out there, you totally. know. Like it's, you know, so Bruce, you know, or well, maybe he is. And, and Torsten <laughs> backs up. He said the actual split in participation finishes in Ironman races was 19% female and 81% male. So Bruce, you got your stats right, excluding Kona in 2014. In Kona, the relationship is 28% female and 72% male. A reflection of the qualifying system that favours smaller age groups, not only women but also age, older age groupers and. Uh, uh, in general, I think this is pretty fair. However, I do not think that participation should matter for the absolute 
top of the field, i.e. the pros, it should be even there. Okay, we've got Rob um, Aruda. He's got slots are allocated per age group based on how many people are in the age group, even in the men's age group categories. That way it is fair. It would be fair if I were, uh, sorry, would it be fair if there are 40 men in an age group and they get four slots and in the same age group woman, there are 15 women and they get four slots. That doesn't seem fair. It should be based on participation in the age group. That means that at the end of the day, there are less women in coma than men. Then, that so be it. Uh, good old Arnold Silikoff. The slot allocation is fair to me. Any age group got a slot and the remaining ones being allocated by percentage of the age group finish. The most, um, the impact of the one slot per, the impact of one slot per age group has more impact on the smaller age groups as stated by Torsten. Uh, Lucy Francis got having equal slots for pros and Kona sends the wrong message to the world of sport where women have hardly any exposure cycling, football, cricket, F1 so let's use this opportunity to be innovators and offer equal slots for women just invite less, always male, celebrities <laughs> Nadi McLaren who was down doing uh, the Moto Tapu oh, did you, did you the weekend I think she finished. It was a miserable day. Yeah, it was apparently a really miserable, miserable day. day. Uh, it's, fa- it's as fair as it can be for age groupers. Every age group needs a slot. Otherwise, you are penalising based on who turns up or not in an age group. But having said that, does it need to be fair? With different wave starts in Kona equals less congestion. Oops, she see more, see more. Why not increase the women's field? Um, we can't get parity. Why can't we get parity with males? Give your female friends, partners the encouragement and time to get out and participate in an Ironman. Make it something achievable and something where females feel their participation is respected in a sport and equal to males. Michelle Cooper's got the current system for allocation is not the issue. It's the symptom of the underlying participation issue. Women are grossly underrepresented in triathlon in general. Not just iron distance events, yet they have now surpassed men in running events. More needs to be done to on the barriers to entry and participation then a 50-50 split becomes an easy solution that's a good point uh, Bryant Hardy another Christchurch lad it's fair the way it is with the slots based on age group participation fair but in a way easier for those with smaller age groups as every age group gets one no matter um, male or female if they made it 50-50 to start with you could have the hardest age group getting less slots um, the hope for some of us could couldn't even exist if there was five to six slots and the possibility of a roll down or two. Oh, good old um, Adrian Olga. He's giving us a big email. Have you read that one? No. <laughs> James Botel makes an interesting point. Um, would the solution be to widen the age group bands, e.g. 20 to 29 year, so have 10-year age groups rather than five-year age groups? That would be an interesting one. I keep talking because I want to read this big one. He's giving us a hard time. Um, Martin Fredrickson uh, I'm not sure but you should ask Torsten well we did and Torsten's spoken and said that that it is true our percentages are sort of 19 to 81% David Doherty yes diversity is important if we follow this logic we'd never advance people of different genders, cultures, ethnic backgrounds as would simply declare the current status quo is acceptable and move on. The fact that long distance triathlon is male dominant and dominated means we have room to improve to be more welcoming. Think about the last half marathon you ran. For me, it was 60% plus women. Mm. So running events definitely do have a seem to have a much higher female percentage than triathlon. Anything to add, Bevan? Oh, it's a big game. I haven't really got time to... Okay, okay, okay I'm doing it. Let's I'm go, doing no, it. Let's go no, I'm doing it because no, it's a bit of an angry got, one. No, we've got to encourage people to do bullet points. 
I know, but I'm, I'm going to do it because it's a big one. The question you should be posting, uh, so we've got, first of all, come on, I am talk. Are you having a laugh passing on a question like this? The question you should be posting should be more like, what are we doing to address the fact that we don't have anything like 50-50 participation in triathlon and the pinnacle event of our sport is re- re- pretty rubbish at 65 to 35 participation split. In a sport where undeniable and immovable impediments uh, to equal participation really shouldn't exist or don't exist. There is no reason why there can't be a 50-50 participation in the sport. Is it one of the key attractions of triathlon that anyone can do it? One just needs a swimsuit, a bike, and some running gear. Well, that's again, that's not anyone can afford just to do that. But anyway, um, a bike and running gear, and it's all go. There is a non a non negotiable prerequisite for having a specific reproductive system to take part. So it isn't good enough that the world championship of our sport isn't represented by the actual population, not the triathlon population. We should be all actively pushing for this to be actively encouraged and more diverse population to participate in the sport generally. The barriers to equal participation in any environment are created by institutionalised and historic bases, behaviours and perception. The question raised by Bruce Tomlinson and passed on by Abu Iam Talk is a perfect example of how these barriers are created and reinforced. Unfortunately, arguments around what is fair in respect of diversity have been peddling consistently in and around discussions on the topic since the 50s as the reason to maintain the status quo, dominance and privilege of a specific group. What is fear and what is not has nothing to do with it, especially if you're looking at it from the other side's perspective. A discussion leading on the basis in fairness highlights two major problems with the argument. Firstly, it is saying that it's not my problem or our problem. It is saying that I or we can't do anything about the problem. It's just the hand that has been dealt. Rubbish. A proactive approach that accepts there are solutions can overcome initial structural imbalances to reach the population as a whole where the same imbalances don't exist. Second, it points to the concern uh, those members of the dominant group who have benefited from the fairness of an existing arrangement have in respect to losing their privileged position. Wake up. It was never fair in the first place to not have a fully representative population, so any argument to the contrary is based on the fallacy. If you truly want a fair outcome and where you now where now isn't that, there will be people who have to give up something to achieve that fair outcome. Diversity in all aspects of society, be it sport, workplace and otherwise, is everyone's concern. Put yourself in the shoes of a woman reading the initial post by I Am Talk. Would you think you can... would you think it come across something like we men don't want you in our sport? How could Bruce Tomlinson feel this for his mother, sister, wife, daughter, aunt, so on, uh, conclude this and then miss out because they went for a fair solution like the one implicit in his observation? Doesn't seem right, does it? Well, I think, hang on a minute. Back it up. <laughs> we're not talking about participation in our sport here. No. If, if we're saying, if you're saying you can't compete in our sport, then I think that's a very good argument. But, but there is no limits to participation. Yeah, it's so, I, I think the argument there to support that is say, yeah, let's get out there, encourage more women to participate in our sport. Fantastic. And then it will become 
more equal. So the current, you know, the, the rules as it's stated in terms of the way it actually is qualified, it is very much one age group, one each age group gets a slot and then it's basically pro rata based on the number of people in each age group. So yes, the men in the 40 to 45 have far more age group slots than the women in the same age group. So in some ways you can say that's not fair. In other ways, um, I think for some of the, the the smaller age groups, some of the female age groups, you know, it's really tough on them because they've got a, you know, you've basically got to win your age group, and you have one decent person in that age group. It's bloody tough. Whereas if you're in the forty to forty five men, you can kind of you've got a fairly good idea of what sort of time you need to do. So my opinion on this one is the current system is, uh, I think it's as good as we can get at the moment. I think it's pretty fair, but I'd agree with whoever that was saying. Um, let's get more females involved in the sport and let's encourage more people, to, females to get involved. And then, well, uh, and then, this, then, then, it, then, then it will have more. Well, I think, numbers. you know, the, Adrian's being a bit harsh here because he's basically saying that we're pigs for asking the question. Um, and at the end of the day that our job should be get 50, 50% participation. I don't ever see a world where Iron Man's going to get 50, 50% participation. And it's not because it's a, it's a male dominated world. The rest of it, it seems to be that, extreme endurance in sports seems to appeal to men more. Mm. You know what I mean? And it, probably that's that kind of that men's need for search of meaning in the world and identity and, and all the rest of it, which females, some females have, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to tr- generalise a lot, but it seems to be that, you know, like the reason I was appealed to Iron Man was um, that search for, uh, you know, that physical and mental challenge of that highest level. Now, I'm not saying that females don't want that same thing, but as a generalisation, a lot of females won't want that. Now, participation in triathlon, definitely I think you could probably get to 50-50. Mm. And it'll be interesting to see what you know what the actual numbers in triathlon is a general thing. But I think we're always going to see that it is probably a bit more of a, a male. The longer course is probably always going to be a bit more of a male-based sport. Um, and that doesn't mean to say we accept the status quo and go, this is all fine. Um, I, I think we should be encouraging more females to get into it. But, but are we pushing females away? I, I, my personal opinion, the qualifying system. That, no, but that even, even if we just say, even if we just away. say Ironman, if we say, um, you know, like, because he's he's basically saying it's a male's world and males are looking after males and and you know, hey, that's the way it is and so be it. Do we think that that as a community of athletes that we are pushing females away from our sport because it's so about the boys? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. No, no, I don't either. Yeah. It's, it's an, but maybe we're men, so maybe it's a really hard question for us to ask. Hmm. You know, like, what is it? I suppose the question is maybe, maybe it's a discussion we can have another time is for the female listeners out there who have this love for the sport, what is it that attracted you to the sport? And do you think that you're just a unique person in your world? Because let's be honest, most people who do Ironman, not just males or females, but you know, all of us are a unique character and character in our world you know like mm-hmm. we're the crazy one that everyone goes oh my god i can't believe you do this sport now for the females who have chosen to choose to do iron man what is it about the sport that appealed to you um is that something we'll see a consistency with or is it just such an individual answer well, and do then, you want to make that discussion for this week i might i quite like my discussion are you, are you checking your phone there? no no builder today no builder today the kitchen's not being finished <laughs> um but so so is it is it a female thing, but then for those females who are doing it, do you think that the people around you, the females in your world, would would ever find the doing the sport appealing? Because mm. let's be honest, you know, it's it's really hard to talk not in stereotypes in this discussion. Mm. Um, but you know, 
most females have really bloody busy lives and mm-hmm. you know be honest let's be honest a lot of the guys who do triathlon and especially i'm in triathlon are pretty selfish mm-hmm. and it comes at a cost to things like family life and stuff like that and a lot of females aren't willing or able to give up that time to be able to commit to doing a sport that is so selfish mm. um yeah hard discussion mm. um, I, i'm with you i kind of think it's fair um i think I, to be honest don't be honest, gonna, be this, dishonest. I think Adrian's <laughs> going to really hate me for saying this. I actually think it'd be unfair right now if you went 50-50. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, no. no I think it'd be unfair on, on the guys in the sport if you said, no, it's got to be a 50-50 split hmm. in age group categories. So hmm. while Adrian would like promote that, I, I I just think it would be. It means that you know lots of females if this get was a different, If this now. was a different question about you can only compete in Ironman New Zealand, yeah, if, that's that'd a different, be different, different story. That'd be anybody, anybody can enter. As this is the world championships, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's obviously an interesting. So what was you? What was you? What you, you babbled on? What was your end? I babbled you, on. You, what was your? <laughs> what? Are, what are, well, you were listening. You were watching your cricket when I was talking for. So <laughs> we're even. Okay, so, so, the, so the question is probably it's probably a female based question here. Um, for the females who listen to the show, which obviously means you like the sport and probably have participated in the sport, what attracted you to IMM uh, in general, and do you think that most of your female friends who aren't necessarily involved in triathlon, even at the lower levels, would ever be attracted to doing a sport like this, you know, this and, sport and if, of ours? And if not, why not? And if not, why what, not? What are the barriers sort of thing? Now? I suppose the question, and for the females, do you think it would be, ever be possible to get a 50-50 split in iron distance triathlon? Mm. Now, I totally think, like, I think a sprint, like mm. Olympic distance, it's normally 50-50, isn't it? Uh, I'm just thinking on a, on a local level. It's not fifty fifty, but it's not crazily. Different. I would say more sixty forty, maybe yeah. sixty five. So the real divide happens at Ironman, doesn't it? Mm. You know, and maybe seventy point three. I'm not quite sure, but interesting, interesting discussion. I'm sure I've kind of rubbed Adrian the wrong way mm. a little bit here, but that's how we roll sometimes. Too. <laughs> it's how we roll. Okay, guys. Um, Trainero.com. Sponsor. So last week we requested that you go off and do your eight-minute time trial or your 20-minute time trial to try to get your estimated current FTP. And next week we are going to have it sorted with going to be a nice little challenge for a couple of weeks, we're going to sort of oh. aim to do two blocks of five sessions, so two two weeks of training, five five sessions per week. It's going to be just for the IM Talk team, and then you can get stuck into it, and we can uh, create a little bit of discussion around that. So all you need to do is you go on to trainerroad.com. As Bevan said every week, it's uh, we've had a few no-brainers this week, but if you're doing indoor training and you want to make it more interesting, <coughs> with 10 bucks a week, uh, 10 bucks a month. Two bucks, 50 a week. Yeah, this is uh, a pretty easy little stimulus you can use to make your training your coffee a hell of a lot more from interesting. From your coffee ride? Yeah. <laughs> There's trainer road. There you go. And if you haven't got a power meter, you can use virtual power, which is an estimation, and it works nicely. And just I had a, a girl that I coach just starting using that this weekend, this week, and she's just found it yeah, a hell of a lot more entertaining um, to get on the bike do the same sort of session that I'd prescribe anyway but she's got something in front of her going right let's try to keep it to that wattage rather than looking at heart rate that doesn't change very much um, or, or is, is slow to react so a bit of a no brainer um, join up to the I Am Talk team 
and then uh, we've also got a discussion forum in there and there hasn't been much activity there in the past but we're going to start posting a few more things in there I put a, a couple of uh, my favourite workouts in there a few other people have added theirs in there but if we can try to create a little bit of a community in there and then from next week on we're going to have a little challenge for a couple of weeks so get on it and they have recently released their iPhone and iPad apps so it just makes you know accessibility and speed of getting on your bike a hell of a lot quicker so check it out trainerroad.com and from next week on we will be getting stuck into some workouts bring on the challenge eh? we'll be interested to see mm-hmm. how we go um okay let's put some music on for age group of the week Week. Okay, this week's age group was sent through from Alison King. I've it's been a mean- cracker. It's a cracker. It's a cracker. I've been meaning to nominate Nina Dobson for age group of the week since last year's Ironman New Zealand. Recent events show that Nina's commitment to others in the face of adversity means that she is still deserving of this title. I've attached the story wrote uh, I wrote about Nina last year as she represented or prepared sorry for Ironman New Zealand, which was in the Herald. Nina overcame a brain tumor, which I'll put that uh, that story in the mm. show notes. Overcame a brain tumor and subsequent surgery to take on Ironman. Her diagnosis meant she couldn't continue for her original goal of 2013. She is the president of the Rotorua Association of Triathletes and is also a top nurse at the Rotorua Hospital. That's the rats. Oh, the rats, yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. Paul needs to have the t-shirt. It's nice. It's a cool t-shirt. As well as battling her own health demons and conquering them when she smashed Ironman last year, Nina helped others. In November 2013, a member of the Tri Club was in a coma following a ute versus bike crash. Oh, that's pretty horrible, isn't it? Nina was a huge support to Carol's family and friends in and out of the hospital. I was reminded to nominate her following this year's Auckland 70.3. 15k into her bike league, Nina ended up carrying out CPR to a fellow competitor. Uh, New Zealand Herald story. There's another story about her. She's basically the Herald. It's pretty full on. Stopping 15k into a race when you see somebody on the side of the road. Yeah. And going over there and giving them CPR and essentially saving his life mid-race. Well, well what the, she then goes on to say that without her experience, this man would have likely died. Nina sacrificed her own race for no reward, but Ironman have acknowledged her efforts for a free entry to Ironman Ken 70.3. Good on you, Ironman. Yeah, we give well you a done. hard time on some things, but that's a good thing. Yeah, that's really great. I know I'm not alone in saying that Nina embodies the spirit of triathlon and is a deserving winner of the age group of the week. That is pretty, pretty like, that's, she's a story in herself, isn't she? You know, obviously overcame her own health problems, brain tumour. Oh, it's pretty serious. Like, I, I read the article about her and where she had that taken out around her ear, she's now basically deaf in one ear and that's, you know, yeah, it's created all these imbalances. You know, she had to learn how to walk. Oh, and, you, know, you, you, you know, I'd imagine it feels like you're drunk the whole time and yeah. you can't balance or anything like that. So A, to overcome that and then actually then to go on and be able to complete an Ironman is pretty spectacular. But I think the, the big highlights to me was A, recovery, B, she's a president, you know, president of a club. C, she bloody helped that family who had, uh, you know, the, the Ute versus crash, bike crash, yeah. and then stopping mid-race to bloody do CPR on someone is pretty spectacular. She's um, she's yeah, she's pretty. That's just she's just one of those great people, eh? Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's what I. You know, there's some. I, I love meeting great people, mm-hmm. and Nina is. You loved it the first day you met me. Oh, seriously, <laughs> was, my life has changed forever. <laughs> Came home that day. You went, no, but you know what I mean. Like sometimes you meet people day. who are just, 
just everything about them is pretty awesome, mm. you know. And and to be honest, they're pretty rare, you know. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you might get the person who's one great at one thing, or you get the person mm-hmm. who's, you know, who, uh, lots of people aren't that great at anything. And it's not that you have disrespect for those people, but, but when you meet that person who's just understands what's important in life and, and is able to prioritize that and, and do you know great work for themselves and for the world it's obviously Nina's a pretty special person so Alison thank you for sending that through and Nina, Nina Dobson, Dobson you are our age, age group of the week. week love your work guys okay do you want music what do, oh uh, yeah yeah I think we better have a bit okay here's some music Statistic. It's fantastic. I uh, I accidentally pointed at when he was yawning. I was. Uh, I'm struggling a bit with statistic. Oh. I'm starting to struggle a bit. Oh really? You said it was going to be forever. But you have done well. You've kept it up. So keep it going, boy. Well, this week, I, what I wanted to do this week is I wanted to try to do course records in Kona. If so like swim, bike, swim, run. bike, and run. Couldn't find anywhere. Really? And I, I did spend. I didn't spend two seconds searching. I did spend a few minutes, and no luck. Let's make okay. Let's make predictions. Because someone, someone knows, someone on the show, figure yeah. it out and let us know. Let's yeah. make predictions. Swim, uh, Kona, no wetsuit, 40... Yeah, I'll be saying 47-ish, yeah. maybe. Yep, 47. Bike. Surely the swim records happened in the last few years with Potts and Jacobs. Uh, Surely. Have we had a better swimmer in no, the past? No, no, we had, yeah, back in the back in the sort of 90s, there used to be a few guys who were... Who pretty smoking machines hot. and then pretty ordinary on the bike in the run. Bikes so, about, I think the bike's about four. Uh, 18, I, I know it was. I think four seventeen. Yeah. I think. I think, and I'm not actually sure who currently holds it. I know that Chawborn had it when after we spoke to him. I don't know if it's been broken since then or not. So, and then the run. Well, the run would have to be Mark Allen because then they yeah. do two forty, and then yeah. Dave Scott always says it was actually two thirty eight because yeah. they counted the transition. Yeah. That's so, right. Yeah, so it'd have to be those two. Mm. Um, okay, well, so today, today's that. stat was, uh, given it is supposed to be uh, in Woman's Hale, Hale Woman's, <laughs> Woman's Day, when's Man's Day, by the way? What's that, Woman's? When, when's Man's Day? Oh, be You've just dug a hole. You've uh, well, just dug a hole. Adrian's going to hate you even more I'll right walk now. straight out of that. <laughs> <You> just... Uh, <laughs> Bevan was holding up a sign then said, read this. <laughs> so it's, it's all Bevan's fault. Anyway, oh, just uh, I've just got to say how impressed I am with Chrissy Wellington. And I was thinking, because I sort of I was on the whole records thing, I just sort of stumbled across Chrissy Wellington's, yeah, her sub eight performances, or sub nine performances, sorry, and wrote. Well, we got so you got the fastest top five fastest times by females ever at an Iron Because you you often go, oh, what was Chrissy's time and wrote? And so here it is, eight eighteen thirteen. I don't remember if she went that fast twice because in the next year uh, or the year before she did eight, eight nineteen. I don't remember if she did it twice at that speed. So she swam forty nine forty nine, rode four forty, and then ran two forty four. The unfortunate thing with Chrissy is I don't think we probably saw her best. You know, like imagine another two or three years in the sport, just with the yeah, endurance base under her. You know, yeah. like you know, like far out. <laughs> don't get me wrong, the woman yeah. was a freak of nature, and what she achieved, like you know, it was phenomenal. Mm. Like the fifth best time you've got down here was so the best person outside of Chrissy was Caroline Stephan, which was eight thirty four. So she's, you know, sixteen seventeen minutes ahead of the second best person ever. Mm. Um, Chrissy was just amazing and um, like imagine if she'd stuck at the sport and she was still going now would we seen you know did we see her peak year 
Yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah. You know, she may have, the motivation might not have quite been there. She may have plateaued, but irrespective, just 8.18, it just blows me away. She ran 244. 244. Ran 244. And that is, that would win a lot of female marathons around the world. That would win the Christchurch Marathon, win the Auckland Marathon. Yeah. And it's, again, it's not comparable with, you know, the top woman in the world go, so two, 20-ish, I think, or sort of low. Let me look it up, Jumbo. Look it up. I I know they haven't been under, I'm pretty confident they haven't been under 220. But still, uh, 2.44 is just out of this world on that course. And then the the year before, she rode a bit quicker, went 8.19 overall, and then uh, they're quite a bit ahead of her 2009 when she went 8.31. And she's also got an 8.33, which is on a different course, in Port Elizabeth in South Africa. And then, as said, Caroline Bevan said, Caroline Stephens, 8.34. She probably doesn't get enough credit for that. That race that she did there, Caroline Stephens, swam 53, rode 4.35 and ran 3.01. 834. That was, a, that was a smoking race. She just absolutely crushed You're it. You're well wrong, John. The woman's yeah. record's been smashed 220. Is it? Yeah, Paula Radcliffe. What's that? 2003 yeah. in the London Marathon. Okay, so have a guess. 216? 215, 25. Okay. And then she did a 217. She, why was she so great? She certainly didn't. You know, her technique was her bubbly old head and stuff. She was just an axe. Obviously, man. Because like then the... You know, if you look at the men's records in the marathons, you know, like it's it's guys just battling it out and it's seconds apart. You know, so you've got a 202 now, and there's, two, two, there's like four 203s, heaps of 204s, heaps of 205s yeah. and so on. Well, she's got – she did a 215, a 217, and the next person is like a high 218. Mm. Impressive. She was an impressive athlete, man. Yeah. She's a freak. Uh, so that was my stat this week. It was really just Kussy Rellington's amazing fastest – just time over the Iron Distance course, 8, 18, 13. There we go. Okay, Jumbo. Incredible. I'm not going to put music on. Coaches Corner. Corner. People have been, been asking me been what, I, what I've been up to. An hour and eight to. minutes. Sorry? We go for an hour and eight minutes. Okay, well, we'll wrap it up. No, no, it's all good. And so a lot of people have been asking me what I'm doing this year, and I've talked about doing the, the, the running side of things. So I'm looking at uh, so my plan for this year, Wellington Marathon, Auckland Marathon. And people ask well, how much training I'm doing as well. I keep getting emails in about that. So at the moment, Swanee came back and said, "Why are you doing Wellington? I think there's a consensus. Wellington marathons. It's training, good training. When you do Christchurch? Because I'm not here. Oh, that's a good answer. So you go. Where are you going to be? Camp? Sorry? Yeah, I'm going to be in Kona. Oh, well, with the camp. Yeah, You're an athlete. <laughs> so my current uh, plan is to do that. And currently, the training goes as follows: I do two swims a week. Normally, just a couple of three k's, but this morning it was. Uh, yeah, 5K. And then my running week last week, I ran 96Ks, but with uh, quite a lot of hill work in there. Oh, so one year, but just do four more. Well, I didn't realize that until, I'd, uh, <laughs> until I'm doing four more K this week. And I, have, I basically follow the same program each week, and it goes like this. So Mondays uh, is hill rep day. So we do a little warm-up, a few drills, and then we do four by 1K uphill uh, on Rapaki track, which takes around about six minutes or so yep. to do to do one rep. Tuesday is my swim and core day, so swim 3K and then do 30 minutes of core. Wednesday I do a 90-minute hill run, and that's got a long climb in it all the way up to the summit road and loop back around, just cruise, cruising pace. Thursday is Hagley Park Day, circuit around the park. Hagley Park's nice to run around, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Had hanging out with Kappa Haka last week. Start, I started at 6 o'clock in the morning, and uh, we had this massive Kappa Haka, which is like Maori performances last week, and 6 o'clock in the morning. They were, Could you hear it? 
And they, 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 there was people everywhere and they oh. started cooking their breakfast. And I was like, oh, God, that smells good. Oh, and the Marys know how to cook food, eh? So that, that session there is very much a core plyometric session and then leg speed. So my focus at the moment is general conditioning, a little bit of leg speed and prim- primarily strength. So that wraps up Thursday. And then Friday I have another swim and I run for an hour just easy. So sort of for me easy is sort of five-minute K pace. So just bang out another, another 10K or so. Saturday, Phil and Ada and I, um, we start at 6 and that's sort of tempo day and the last few weeks I've been doing 5 by 2 k at sort of current marathon pace which is not sort of particularly quick for me but it's the same sort of effort that what I'll be pumping out later in the year and then Sunday is typically long run day which is uh, two and a half hours with uh, a good dose of hills in there at the mo- as, as I said so around about 100k at the week at the moment and that's generally what I'll be pumping out for, for most weeks. How are you feeling? Running's hard on the body. Yeah, it is, and you really so want to do the body just, care. Just uh, building it up, but the legs are starting to get conditioned. Surprised how well my swimming's going, given I'm only swimming twice a week and I've only just got back into it. So this time, you know, last year, getting ready for Kona you know, was my target to be able to do 50 100s on 130 yeah. and never got around to doing it, but this morning did it. Granted, I was sucking the toes a little bit, but um, managed to get through it pretty comfortably, and I've hardly been doing any swimming. Well, that's Quite good. happy. Yep. That's so good. that's it. That's the plan you for this year. You No. You should. I should. Yeah. Does Belinda tell you that? Yes. You should listen to your partner. Yes. She's a wise woman. No, trying to focus on the stretching. Jumbo, just, just as a side note, Apple have just announced the the, 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 the watch. Right. This is, they've just announced it, like they've yep. done, like literally just now. For the high-end one, 10K. <laughs> 10K. Yeah, nice. Wow. It's a, it's I should fix up my computer and my phone before they start worrying about new products. Yeah, exactly, man, it's crazy. Okay, guys, sponsor, last sponsor. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And given it was Ironman New Zealand last weekend, had a little quick look on Athlinks and just see the growth of that race. It's incredible. So if you click on, on particular events, then you can see uh, under statistics, it basically shows you the growth of the race over the years. The last time when we did it... Uh, Tell you what, I mean, I mean, New Zealand. Yeah, I think it was two thousand seven, wasn't it? If uh, all these pop ups on my page went away, I'd actually be able to. Oh, here we go. See, this is what you're trading, John. You're going into trading. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! (laughs) Trading, you make your millions. (laughs) This is just ridiculous. What are you trying to pull up? I'm just trying to get rid of all this crap that's coming up uh, on my, my page. Anyway, what I was trying to say is you can go on there and just see the growth of uh, Ironman New Zealand since we last did it. I think there was maybe 1,100 and they're up to 1,500. Oh, good and what I was going to go on to say is is making sure that when you're on there, you can go on there. They haven't obviously got the Ironman New Zealand results up yet, but you can go on there and put up your unconfirmed results until they all get up there and you can share all that stuff. So just keep it all in one place hopefully I mean New Zealand doesn't go away anytime soon but some of those other smaller races tend to so just make sure that you've got all your results in one place check it out at athlinks.com it's never to go away it's not going to but well, you know, other Ironmans have. It's not, it, it won't. But if you were doing a race in the States, there's no reason why you know, some of those races potentially might get Well, there's a discussion that you were going to ask for this week, which is an interesting oh, it's one. It's a gold one. It is a gold one. We'll have to save it. But mm. yeah, well, I can't really talk about it. No. No. Save it. Fine then. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> save it. Save it, Oz. Questions uh, and answers. answers. We got an email through from good old John, John McKenzie. 
He sent it through to us. You know John McKenzie? Yeah. Yeah. But is it the same one? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So there's a, I didn't realize this is a local company. Yeah. So a local company started this bike trainer thing called uh, Revolutionary Rev Rev Box. Rev Box, which is, well, how would you describe it? Uh, so we've, we have talked about it before. It's basically a fan. It's, it's, so it's a trainer. You take your back wheel out, you put it on there, and yeah, it's the fan, fan resistance training. And they Can have. Yeah, 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 definitely. I've got one at home. Oh, um, well, so they, these things have been around in the past, but they've been incredibly noisy and not particularly well made. So this new one called the Revbox is uh, a hell of a lot quieter. Is it really? Yeah, it's like, it's, you know, it's the, the other ones I wouldn't even run on. It's just, it's so noisy, you'd probably have a headache afterwards. Yeah. So this, this one is, it's, it's noisier than, than say a Wahoo Kicker or things like that. But it's, um, the key thing is it's a, it's a training aid. So you don't, comp I don't put this in the same bracket as say a Wahoo Kicker or yeah. a Compu Trainer or something like that. This is a training tool. And what it does is you get instantaneous um, resistance. resistance with yeah. it. So fantastic uh, training tool in terms of, Developing a more efficient um, pedal stroke, pedal stroke. Yep. Um, smoothness. Yeah, and and it's just yeah, really good strengthening tool. And also for for people that are at the higher end or, or doing bike racing and stuff, brilliant, brilliant tool. If you're doing ITU side of things, you can just automatically you know change your resistance. If you tried doing that on a trainer, it, it just it just a regular trainer just doesn't work. Whereas boom, you put a you know ten hard pedal strokes in like you're breaking away from the, the bunch. This will give you instant um, resistance and uh, really gets you working a lot harder. So there's a bunch of benefits, but really they're doing a bit of a Kickstarter campaign. You know, there are a small couple of guys in Christchurch trying to get this product to the world. It is a really, really good product. I've used it uh, quite a bit myself. And the the thing with their Kickstarter is they've got these small levels you can go and you know just yeah. try to give them a little give them a little hand right through to getting one. But then if you um you know if you basically Give them a, put a grand towards their Kickstarter pro program, then you're basically getting a, a Wahoo Kicker and they cost about a grand. So it's kind of, well, I'm helping this Kickstarter getting them established, yep. but I'm also basically getting the products. So check it out. We'll have a link on the, the show notes, but it's um, it's on Kickstarter. Cool product. They're trying Use to it. raise 50 grand. Mm. So they've got about three right now and they've got a month to, just over a month. So if you want to get one, check it out. If you want to support them, have to say Kickstarter the other day, I'll put a link to it on www.iamtalk.me. Um, I was just on the internet and saw this thing for this honey. This this um, this guy invented a way. So apparently, if you got bees, mm -hmm. it's a bit of a chore to get the honey out. And this guy invented this really nifty kind of um, box where you you basically do your hives and stuff, but then you turn a tap and the honey comes out. It was pretty inventive. Mm -hmm. And they were hoping to get a Kickstarter of seventy thousand. They had seven million dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seven million. You get to keep it, like right. Yeah, yeah. You get that, you get that money. Well, if it goes over, you keep it, do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, you've got to get to the number, yeah, and then need certain surplus. But you've still got to deliver. So if you if people have pledged, you know, for example, with this one here, if you've pledged a thousand bucks, you've they've got to deliver on getting the red box right. to you. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't always happen as well. It, it's it's this Kickstarter is a very interesting kind of thing right now. But yeah, seven million bucks. <laughs> Hoping for seven seventy thousand. Nice. So yeah. Okay. Uh, next question uh, we had here coming through from was good old Warwick John Warwick Fahey. Um, 
Or he was what he was going to say. We were just doing commentary on Monica last year. Love John and I doing. It. I wonder if we'll do it this year. I'm not sure. Um, what did you guys make of the pro results at Challenge Philippines? The top four guys were smoking fast with a hilly course. It's hard to believe that a 68 minute run would be possible. Some people reckon that they cut part of the course of the jungle course off. I'm not sure, but the other pros were around 15 minutes back in the run league. Perhaps one for Coach's Corner. Is it possible to run fast on a hilly course compared to a flat one, e.g. making up time on the downs? This course had a lot of hills. Interesting to hear your thoughts. John. I would imagine that course was probably short, or they took a shortcut. 68 minutes sounds a little bit... smoking, And and courses are not accurate, uh, typically. So you would hope that ITU courses are pretty accurate. Um, in terms of the, the Olympic distance why, why are they not accurate? John? Well, like we've, had this, we've had this question many times. But in today's time, you know, GPS, yeah. I do, we've I'm got a 5K you. run, we do. Mm-hmm. It's always accurate. Do you know why, John? Mm-hmm. I ride around on my bike on my GPS. Yeah. It's always accurate. Yeah. So it's 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 not hard, um, but we, we've had that discussion before. But the question was, is it possible to run faster on a hilly course compared to a flat one, e.g. making up time on the downs? And my, my answer to that is, uh, in general, yes, you can run pretty close to your your, 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 your flat um, times. So we have 10Ks here in Christchurch and, and one in particular is uh, is a really hilly course which goes from Governors Bay to, to Littleton which is no, it's it's, essentially hills the whole way yet most people there run pretty similar times to what they do in a flat 10K. Now the reason, that what you kind of need on those courses ideally is steeper uphills, and this is um, similar on the bike, and this is why Rote is a particularly fast course, is you need the uphills to be a little bit steeper and the downhills to be um, more gradual so then you can keep your speed up for, for longer periods of time. So if you have courses like that and you're fresh enough, then usually I find that you can um, run pretty quickly. However, if you blow up on a flat course, it's a hell of a lot easier to maintain your uh, a slightly lower speed than it is if it's on a hillier course. So if you're fresh and you're pumping and you're going really well, I think in general, a little bit slow on the hilly course, but probably not as much as you think. If you're struggling and you start to blow up a bit and you don't run your downhills really well, then it's going to be quite a bit slower. So I think, yeah, the key thing is is you need to really work those downhills. Mm, yeah, you've got to have good technique downhills as well. Mm. Okay, um, next question came through from good old Paul Williams. He's got, hi guys, I'm just getting back into training after a long layoff, and I am loving using Trainer Road and Virtual Power, as most of my bike training is done on an indoor trainer due to massive time constraints for kids and two businesses. Why would a, you have four kids? Uh, God. Well, you can't stop it once they're there. Um, I only get around on a bike once a week at the moment. I'm considering buying a power meter, but being a bit of a tight ass, I'm considering a single-sided option. E. Nothing, G- right, nothing wrong with being a tight ass. No, you're welcome to our world. E.G. Garmin, Vector S, uh, Stages, and 4 triple I. I was wondering what advice the community has regarding the accuracy of these a single-sided units, or am I best to spend the extra coin? Unlike John, I am not able to sponge or get a sponsor for the latest gear. Uh, hope you guys get. Uh, let's hope we get another Australia versus New Zealand World Cup final, so we can absolutely smash you. Well, Paul, and I, think it, I think it's reasonably likely that we'll get Australia. Well, we've still if, got to get if, through if, to if the final. If we get to the final, the way that it's shaping at the moment, we would play Australia if they get to the final. Yeah, we'd have South Africa in the semis. If South Africa are pretty mean right now. Pretty crap now. Mean? What do you mean they're crap? They got beaten again the other day. Yeah, no, but still. Got, who did they get beaten? The thing by? is now, it's, it's on the day. Yeah. It's 
on the day now, John. You non-cricketing nations, and most of half of New Zealand probably don't get. No, a lot of people in New Zealand. Get. Oh no, it's a big thing in New Zealand. Anyway, yeah. uh, so the question was: uh, the single-sided options, uh, good ones. So Garmin now, when they first came out, you have your two pedals and you have your your sensors on both pedals, um, but they are now selling the Vectus S, which is just on one pedal. Stages is similar; uh, it just records on one pedal, uh, not on one pedal, on one uh, crank arm. I don't know the four. Triple I, um, but there's a number of other units out there as well that only work on single side. Then there are other units out there that get the power from both sides. So if you have the Garmin, both pedals, and you get the, you obviously get both sides. And so my answer to this, in general, for most people, the single side is a good option. It's okay. uh, it's uh, price wise, it's good. The data you're going to get is satisfactory. Um, and even the people who do have the units that can record on both sides, then what the hell do you do with the data when you see there is a discrepancy? So most people have a discrepancy from left to right. And for most people, it's within sort of a you know, 5%, which is perfectly, perfectly okay. fine. Yep. Some people have big discrepancies, and then you've got to try to figure out how the hell are you going to rectify that? And it's not a case of, okay, my left leg's weak, I've got to push down harder on my left leg. There's heaps more to it to that. So you'd really need to be working with someone who's very, very experienced um, in terms of actually trying to rectify that. But for all in terms of uh, intensive purposes, if you're somebody that's only riding you know, a couple of times a week um, and you're just getting into power, absolutely think that the single-sided power meter is going to be perfectly adequate and you're going to get enough data from that to set your zones, um, measure your progress and most importantly not screw up your pacing on race day. What would be the advantages in buying a more expensive one? uh, The only advantage really is then you get uh, to measure both sides. Okay. So outside of that, most of the, the power meters out there at the moment seem to be Pretty. What's the price reliable. point? Are they coming down? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the so the 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 vector S, I think, I think is about twelve hundred. Can okay, we look on him as And uh, so yeah, the prices are definitely coming down. You know, you can get set up now between a thousand and fifteen hundred bucks. Okay. So it's really it's a, it's a, it's a good investment. And yeah, again, oh, no, seven hundred US, eight hundred US. Yeah. Mm. So. The single single side stuff is is a lot more complicated than than most people realise because that can change at different intensities. So, at a lower intensity, you might be nice and even, and then you get to an anaerobic threshold, and you might be different, or it might be vice versa. You might have a discrepancy in one leg at a low level, and then it might you might get to your really top end, and it might be different. And it's different if you're standing or you're seated, or if you're in the euro position. So there's so much going on. So, but to answer your question, I think the single if you're on a budget, um, the single side unit is absolutely fine, and uh, yeah, you can go out there and kick some ass. Just Ken Glass um, qualified for his 30 second. Yeah, one stage group in, in Tapo. I think it's a pretty good time, about 9.46 something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Impressive. Jeez, he's good. Yeah. Jeez, you just talk about being hard running. Imagine how his body goes. We passed me on the bike in Kona. I mean, I wasn't going having a great day, yeah. but uh, he faded after that. But uh, up and Harvey, I was like, far out, Brussels sprout. I wonder when he's done now. He must have done. It's like he's over 100, but I wonder what the exact number. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a legend, isn't he? Yeah. Um, okay, what am I doing here, Jumbo? Uh, Patriots. Patriots? Patrons. <laughs> Patriots. <laughs> the, the Patriots of the show. The patrons, guys. So, again, as always, 
Um, it's John, we were talking about last week, isn't it? We've got less than 1% patro- patrons. Well under, patron, well under yeah. 1% yeah. of the audience. And so for those who have actually decided to do this, we really, really appreciate it because, you know, we know it's your some of your hard-earned money and it's going to something that you really enjoy. Um, so just a big thank you for those who are doing it. If you haven't done it and you do want to support the show, just go to www.imtalk.me. It's all very obvious once you get to the website and we've got different levels that we can go. And John's ordered some cool caps. And, and the beanies are currently getting printed. We've got icebreaker beanies for the guys that are coming in at the $20 a month so four, four coffees nice. then you get a swim cap kick ass swim cap and an icebreaker beanie getting printed at the moment with I Am Talk on the front of it nice Good and job, also mate. you can go check out our photo gallery and a number of the guys have sent in photos and you can check out the mugs of some of our patriots or patrons sounds good to me man sounds good to me okay John. so we've got some patrons who have come through and um, we're going to name name the some don't we do I have to do those two do I yep Okay. Okay, I'll start off. I can't remember how we got, came around with this name, but Andrew Cunningham, OMC. And OMC is the Otara Millionaires Club. So oh, it must yeah. have been something related how to bizarre. that. Dun, 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 dun. How, how bizarre. How bizarre. Okay, so Marshall, he's the official. Okay. Get yeah. it? Email that through to me. Oh. Oh, I'm on this crappy computer. I can't access <laughs> okay, well, it. I'll change it in the show notes. No, don't do that. I'll forget. No, well, I'll forget to email, email John. E- yeah, email John. But you tell me not to email you. Well, I'm allowed to email so, you. Yeah. I'll get two emails a day, is it? Yeah. Um, so who's next? Melissa Uri, Bigfoot. Nice. And the reason for that... <laughs> she really has been called Bigfoot. Well, she's, <laughs> she's got to put it on herself. Her athletics picture was great. It's her somewhere, I don't know whether it's a Disneyland or whatever, with a, with a character that's basically this gigantic shoe. Oh, okay. So Bigfoot. Okay. That's probably from like Beauty and the Beast. Okay, Andy McMillan. I've got the Big Mac. Nice. Yeah, that's not bad, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so what do I call? I called the official. Official. Be right down. And Big Mac. Yeah. Okay, you got next up. Penny Commons. Oh, uh, yeah, no Penny. Good check. And uh, P Bomb. P Bomb. That's yeah. actually pretty good as well. Cool. Ah, Penny Commons. There you go. P Bomb. Nice. Okay, there we go. So again, if you want to be a patron or a patriot of the show, yeah. you go to www.imtalk.me. Thank you for everyone who's doing that. Really appreciate it. Again, Did Harrison Ford, was he in The Patriot? Was he? Was he no, wasn't it Mel Gibson, The Patriot? Okay, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I haven't seen the film. Looking forward to Star Wars. Yeah, are you? Hell yeah. Well, I, can't oh, just, you, I can't believe you know it's coming out. It's December 18th, I think. It's December yeah. 15th or December 18th. Did you tell Thomas my joke? I did. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, did you go to Armageddon? They had Armageddon in Christchurch. Did you go to Armageddon? No, I didn't, but we saw the pictures and Thomas was uh, wanting excited. to go. Oh, next year. Yeah. No, I haven't really done anything like that. I'm, no, it's not really my world. No. <laughs> I've nothing against it, but I've got a, we've got a runner, a guy called Centuri, he's, and he's right into it. He's got like he's got a Boba, Boba Fett. Boba Fett? Yeah, yeah, Boba Fett. Um, he's got a, an outfit, and I think it cost him like three grand. Oh, yeah. It's like hardcore. Okay. But he goes and does it with his charity. Like he did a half marathon in it. And come, and come to Thomas's birthday party. He's having a Star Wars party. He does. He does it with stuff like that. Yeah. Maybe not birthday parties, but like events, charity events and stuff like that. So I saw this thing. Did you see the guy on the news who did the Michael J. Fox car? Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> so he quit his job, spent like a couple hundred K to it, maybe half something a mil. crazy, building a DeLorean. And, and he, they reckon it's the most accurate to the movie in the world. And he's hoping that he'll be able to make a make an income. I think he's needs a different, interesting business model. <laughs> well, maybe a charity. I have to admit, if you saw the DeLorean like the movie, you'd, you'd, you'd go wicked. But would you go 
yeah, I'm going to pay you a thousand bucks to come to my birthday party to show no. Maybe corporate events. Corporate's the way to go. That's where the well, you're is. talking about last week. You find your passion, then you've got to figure out how to make money out of it. I don't think he's figured that one out. Yeah, I remember what years ago when I was at Turner's car auction when I was buying my first car, mm-hmm. my old Mitzi Mirage. What was your first car? Uh, it was a green, <laughs> uh, I think it was a Corona. Corona. Toyota Corona. It was a good car? It was a classic. <laughs> it had a lot of rust. <laughs> you can't like, get cars like such a shame you can't get cars. They're too like safe nowadays, aren't they? They've ruined it for us. Car man. <laughs> Did I, I bought, tell you my story when I hit the tree? No. Uh, okay, keep talking. My, that car cost me like yeah, you, know, you get a car for like four hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine being able to buy a car. Remember, for remember bucks. the Civic I had with Annalise? Remember that car? No. Remember that we had a Civic. Right. So when I started seeing Annalise, because I'd never car, I'd never car for like seven years of my life, and um, which is a big thing in New Zealand. If you live in a big city, that's that's you know that's not unusual. But and and we're we're a suburb kind of city, so like it was you know I was pretty unusual to not have a car. And uh, then I started seeing Annalise, which you guys I've been going out for Annalise on the show, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she had this Civic that she paid six hundred bucks for, mm. and it, but it was an old boy racer Civic. It had tinted windows. It, <laughs> <laughs> the windows didn't come down. Nice. And by the end, the horn didn't work. But you know what? When you drove it, everyone loved it. Yeah. Like seriously, there was something about having that noise, and it was lowered, and it was, it was a tragic car. Well, she sold it for fifteen hundred, so she made profit on a car. Nice. Yeah, not many people make profit on a car. So that was pretty good. Um, where were we going with this? Sponsors. Oh, sponsors. <laughs> Maybe. Athlinks. Athlinks Social networking. Trainer Road. Uh, Get in the team. Extreme endurance. Hey, if the soccer teams are doing it, you should do it as well. And of course, our lovely patrons. And the patrons, you guys rock. Um, what you got, Sionbo? Took kids to play Spacey's on Saturday. Where do, where do you go, Spacey's? Time zone. It's too expensive nowadays, but isn't it? It was rather expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but. Because remember when we were kids, we had Wizards, you had Wizards? Oh, Wizards was outstanding. Wizards was our Spacey place in Christchurch, and it was Awesome. It was basically this massive room just of spacey machines. A lot of spacey machines. And you'd have Wizards Nights. Oh, it was great. And you'd basically pay five dollars. Yeah, five bucks, which was probably, you know, ten dollars nowadays. Yeah. But it was unlimited play on all the machines and you just go and crazy. And there's a lot of machines. Oh yeah. Mm. Wizards Nights were like your highlight of your life, weren't awesome. they? Good fundraisers too. Oh yeah, they were. I had a Wizards Night. Mm. My mate got banned from Wizards. <laughs> Again, we grew up in different <laughs> different neighborhoods. Oh come on, baby. He tried to try to I can't remember what he did. Trying to steal a machine, did he? <laughs> He's trying to walk out Just, with a machine. Yeah. <laughs> can't remember what happened, but he had his photo in there. Whenever we were going to Wizards, mate, you can't come in here. They have all these photos of people that banned. Yeah. Oh, come on, baby. Yeah. Oh, what else? What else you got? Oh, so what'd you play? Well, that's the thing. That it's quite small now. Oh. We played a bit of air hockey, a bit of a fishing game. that nice. could get on the motorbike one. Did you beat him at air hockey? Um it was actually wasn't too bad. And then I was a little concerned when I was playing one with Thomas where you were blowing people up and you were just shooting in the <laughs> face. I was going, oh, maybe this isn't the best thing for him to be playing. No, it's all good. But no, it was all good fun. And uh, of course? And then this weekend he's doing his Weetbix triathlon. Oh, where are they doing that? Down the road, Down at Jelly Park. Oh, Jelly Park now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So That's always carnage, isn't it? It will be. I've never experienced it. This is my first year experience. It's a lot of kids. It's a lot of kids. Oh, it's like a couple of thousand kids do it. Oh, yeah. It's a big yeah, event. Big event. Um, Bevan, what about you? We went to the movies. We went right. to see a movie called um, Focus with Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Going into it knowing, because I've got a, my favourite movie review podcast is 
Mark Kumo's movie reviews from BBC, mm-hmm. and it's very good. And they, and they did say it's a pretty average movie. Don't expect much, and it delivered. Yeah, because <laughs> it was a pretty average movie, and it didn't. It Poms didn't might be crap at cricket. BBC is just amazing. Oh, BBC is phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. If you like movies, Mark Kumo Movie Reviews is by far the best movie podcast out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Fighting Talk's pretty good as well. Listen to that. Um, yeah. Nice. Yep. Any other ghosts? Any other ghosts? What have we got this weekend? Oh, John. This is when you know you love your partner. You know what I'm doing this weekend, John Boy? Going out for dinner? Yes, I am. With the in-laws. So that's right. loving partner big time. Anyway, although, yeah. I, we get on well. We do the better. Yeah. But what else are we doing? Going out to do what? What would be something that you'd do only because you love your partner? To going out to see something. Um, a cat show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no>. Close <laughs> ballet. I'm going to the ballet. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. Great. Yep. <laughs> you don't seem overly excited about that. No, but you do it because you love your partner. I'm going to court theatre on Friday. Oh, that's different. Court theatre rocks. Yeah. What are you going to go see? Uh, something with Mark Hadlow in it. Oh, he's good. Yeah. He was in the Hobbit team. If you've watched the Hobbit, you've seen Mark Hadlow. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, I'm going to the ballet. Coming cool. very cultural of me. Yeah, we're going to go see the ballet. Yeah, the ballet. Nice. The ballet is that thing where you go. These people are amazingly impressive, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if I'm that entertained. Mm. You know. You know. So well, if you give us some feedback next week. We we'll have to do our, our, our theatre yeah. theatre updates. Okay, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kicker. Kicker.